I got to tell you, uh, that hymn, How Great Thou Art, it is one of my top favorite. I, uh, that is just one that has stuck with me my entire life. And uh, I didn't even know. Here's the crazy thing. I didn't know that Jacob was playing that today. Uh, until about Thursday, but all week I had that playing while I was working in the background. It was just something that song, I was like, oh, I need to hear this song. And when I heard it the first time, and then it just started playing over and over again. And uh, it's hard almost not even get emotional when I hear that song. I just love that the power behind that song, how great thou art. And then Jacob singing, I was like, wow, God, you were so good. You were in the details, right? Uh, just to think about that. And so uh, we are so glad you are here. If you're in the room or maybe joining us online as well. Uh, we This is the last week in our series called Holy Habits. Holy Habits. And we have been studying Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. We've kind of been picking that apart all throughout this series. And we're going to wrap this up today on a particular part. And so as you saw on our screens, uh, the title for my message today is We Are In This Together. We Are In This Together. And so I want to pray and just ask God to speak to our hearts. But the two main places we're going to be at today, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4. So you just have to turn there in your page just once and then we're going to dive right in. Okay, so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Uh, we are so incredibly thankful for your word. We are thankful for your truth, God. We are thankful that we get to gather here today together. God, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will open our hearts to what your word has to say. I pray that we'll lean in, God, and just uh, experience what you did even in that early church days, God. I just pray that you just uh, continue to bring a mighty wind that the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit can bring in us and through us, God. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, we've been on this journey talking about holy habits and our definition we've been talking about is holy habits are daily acts that feed our faith and move us closer to God. And they're almost acts that happen like second nature, like we don't have to think about it. Uh, there are things that are just a part of our daily rhythm, our daily habits that happen day in and day out. And the first week we looked at, we talked about prayer and diving into God's word, how both of those are incredibly important. And then we continued on and we talked about how uh, serving is, was the holy habit of the early church. And they saw miraculous signs and wonders because the Holy Spirit empowered the believers as they were serving the community and serving each other. And then last week, uh, we, we dove in together and we began to look at how they lived with open palms, how they lived with generosity. And then today you're going to see here as they close how God used the early church. And as I think about holy habits. And as I think about Acts chapter 2, um, I think about their life. Sometimes I, we can look at it and go, wow, um, what did their schedule look like, right? Because our schedules, they can fill up pretty quickly, right? Uh, most of the time, I would think as I talk to you and as we spend time together, we're not going, you know what, H how should I fill my day today, right? Like that's usually not a question we ask ourselves. What? Uh, you know what, I, I just don't have anything to do today. I don't have anything to do this week. It's usually the opposite, right? It's usually how in the world am I going to get everything done? How 
is this even going to happen? God, there's, I got just too much going on. There's too much on my plate. And how do we balance all of those things? And so as we get to Acts chapter 2, I hope we can help answer some of that tension. Because what holy habits do is they help us to set our priorities. They give us a goal. They give us something to aim for every single day. And then if we continue to allow those to happen in our daily rhythms, then they become almost second nature to us. They become part of, it's not just something I do, but this is who I am, right? Like, and that, that's a, a key piece to our daily habits of going, I don't serve because it's something I do. I serve because serving is who I am. I, I don't just, I'm not generous just one time or two times. I live with generosity because that's who God is and that's him working through me. That's just who I am. It's a part of my DNA. It's a part of who God has called us to be. And today we're looking at another piece of identity that God has called us to as we live in this. So Acts chapter 2. We're going to start here in verse 42, and it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple. This is where we're going to hit on today, 46 and 47. And they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to those, to their fellowship, those who were being saved. And we see this picture, right? And we've read this uh, each week for the past four weeks. And it, it just doesn't get old, right? It, I just read that uh, again and again. And God just continues to peel the onions back and the layers back of this verse. And of these few verses here of how the identity of how the early church lived. And then it said that they met in the temple each day. And so they would go to the temple and they would have these prayer meetings together. But then it says that what else did they do? They met in their homes, right? And they did the Lord's Supper together and they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to prayer together. And so they had this rhythm where they would go to the temple, right? And then if they weren't in a temple, they would meet in each other's homes. And so they had this back and forth. But what I want us to get here is kind of the big hinge pin holy habit that we have. If you're taking notes that we you and I need to have the holy habit of consistently pursuing community, consistently pursuing community. Because have you noticed uh, there are many times in our life where uh, if we just kind of put autopilot on, right? If we just put auto drive, they don't have that yet, but maybe they will. But they just have auto drive on, uh, then we naturally will drift away from community, right? It's like we just have something pulling us away from godly community. And we have to be incredibly intentional. And I believe it's a many different things. The Bible tells us that we have our own sinful flesh, our own desires, right, that we're trying to pursue that are working against God's plan and design for our life. But also we have the enemy, right? And the, the word devil, diablo, means to divide. And so enemies, the, the enemy's strategy is to divide, is to separate, to take God's people and go, how can I isolate them so they think they can do it on their own. So they think they can make it on their own. And if I can isolate and divide them, right? If they don't come together in unity, but if I can divide them, then we can begin to see the breakdown happen. 
But you and I have to say, you know what? No, God has called us to actively pursue, to have the habit of, you know what? No, this week I'm pursuing community. The next week I'm pursuing community. And we see this begin to play out inside of our lives and inside of our hearts. And, and, but we, it helps us to know the strategy of the enemy, right? We know that that's a strategy, that he wants to divide. And more importantly, he wants to isolate. And when he gets us on that island, that's when he can throw the fiery arrows the most, right? Because he can begin to make us think, oh, no, 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 no. You, you don't need that community. You can do this on your own. You, you're, you're strong enough to make it. You, you could figure this out on your own, right? Like all of these lies begin to, to feed into us. And when we get isolated, then it starts to flip, right? And the enemy then can begin to say not only that, but going, you can't be in community. You're too broken, you can't go back. Like, you're, you're too far gone. You are too far removed from God. You can't even go back. They're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think that you're, you're, you're the, the, remember the saying, oh, I can't go back to church. It'll burn down. Right? Like, you know it's like, no, no. Uh, you don't know how great my God is, right? How great thou art, right? His grace is sufficient. But that's what the enemy can make us think. He can begin to feed that lie into our lives and into our hearts of going, I, I just need to stay isolated. But we see the early church, if they were actively pursuing this. And the, the big thing that we see, this was their daily rhythm. They met in the temple, right? And then they would go out into the world. They would go out to the marketplaces. Some of them, we see the Apostle Paul was a tent maker. Some of them were fishermen. They would go out into the marketplace. Then they would meet in their homes, right? So they meet in the temple, then they go out. Then they meet in their homes, then they go out into the world. Then they meet in the temple, then they go back out into the world. Then they meet in their homes, right? And so we see this rhythm. And for us as a church in 2022, we try to set up some of these daily rhythms. We have Sunday morning church. We break apart. We get together for small group. We go back into the world. We come back together for church. Church, then we go back out in the world and we get together for small group, right? Like all of these rhythms, right? Because this was the rhythm of the early church. And in fact, if we look back at how Jesus lived his life, what did he do? He grabbed 12 disciples and he said, let's get together and let's do life. Not just superficial, but let's grow deep into our relationships and then he grabbed three, right? And he said, us three, we're going to get even closer. I'm going to take you to places that not everybody else is going to be able to go to. But we're going to grow even closer together in those deeper relationships. And Jesus had this. He would take them to the temple. And then he goes, hey, let's go out. I'm going to send you out. And then they would come together for small group. And they say, let's debrief. Tell me how this went. How, how, did, how did it go praying for this person? How did it go sharing the gospel here? How did it go, right? And so they had these small groups together. And the disciples would what? Bring their questions to Jesus, right? They would come into the world. Hey, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Right? Like, and, all, and Jesus would have a moment. He began to teach them and grow them and, and develop them. But it was in the aspect of community. It was in the aspect of going, we need to do this together. And it's just that, that gathering and going, gathering and going rhythm that they played in week in and week out. And God began to do something. It says here in Acts chapter two, it said the Lord added to their number what? Daily, right? Daily to think about the, the movement of God not being contained just to a Sunday morning hour, right? But know that every single day God can use his church to push back darkness. Every single day God can use his church to advance 
the gospel to help us to become more like Christ. And we see because the church had this holy habit, had this rhythm of gathering and going, gathering and going, their lives began to change. So much so that when they went, it's like they were different people in the world. It's because they were gathering together. They were growing so much, growing to be more like Christ. And then when they went, people in the world were going, these people of the way are a little different. These people who are gathering with Jesus, they're a little different. And this is what we see here because in Acts chapter 4, we pick up a story of of two disciples, of Peter and John, who became leaders in the church, who were discipled directly by Jesus. And in Acts chapter 3, They had a holy habit of what? Gathering, right? Of consistently pursuing community. And they were headed to the temple out of holy habit, right? They were headed to the temple to pray. And on their way, they met a blind beggar. And the beggar came and said, hey, can you, can you give me some money? Can you give me some change? And Peter said, you know what? I, I don't have a lot of money, but what I do have is I can pray for you, right? And he says, in the name of Jesus, I want you to stand up. And the man stands up. And it causes an uproar in the city. I don't know about you, but if I have never walked before, right? And then all of a sudden I can walk because this man prayed for me and I've been begging money for years and years. I would be dancing through the streets, right? And that's what this man was doing. He was dancing through the streets. It was causing an uproar. Like, how is this happening? What is going on? And we see the religious leaders, they didn't like this because they wanted the attention. They wanted it for themselves. And so they, they arrest the religious leaders during that time. They could actually hold people uh, in prison, hold people in jail. And so they would have to work with the Roman soldiers and they would work together of how they uh, did this in prison people. And they had religious laws and then they had the Roman law. And they kind of, to keep the peace, they worked together in some of this. We see this even in Jesus' arrest of how those two laws began to work together. But so they arrested these two and they began to tell them of going hey can you tell us what is happening why are you acting this way and I love that their response here in Acts chapter 4 and this is what Peter said as he began to teach it says let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene amen the man you crucified But whom God raised from the dead, for Jesus is the one referred to in scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus, right? But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. We see something begin to happen because Peter and John were living in community so much. They lived in community with Jesus, right? He, they, began, they began to learn from Jesus, to grow to be more like Jesus, right? So much to the point where they could recite this theology about Jesus, right? Because they learned from him, because the Holy Spirit empowered them. And then they began to preach the gospel and it says they were what ordinary men right and they were out here preaching the gospel with clarity with boldness and with power 
Because they said, you know what? I'm going to get as close to Jesus as I can. And the way I can do that is by living in holy community as much as I can. Because if I can, if I can learn more and more about Jesus, he can help me. And then it begins to happen in the overflow, right? And I love for this holy habit that we see here in Acts chapter 4. Is you and I have the holy habit of speaking about Jesus, right? That it just becomes a habit. And it's a natural outflow of my relationship with him, right? Like I'm talking about Jesus because of what he's actively doing in my life right now, right? I'm talking about Jesus because he has saved me. He has changed me. He has redeemed me. And that's in me. And I'm a changed person only because of who Jesus is, right? And so I'm, I'm talking about him. Or maybe I, I spent time in small group and I learned a principle in small group or I learned a principle in church. And I'm like, oh, I got to tell somebody about this, right? And it just becomes on our tongue. It's the holy habit of, of talking about Jesus. This is what they're, the way that the early church and the disciples lived their lives. And I love this in Acts chapter 4, verse 20. This is what Peter says. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. I love that. We cannot stop telling about what we have seen and we have heard. And this is the beauty of community, right? Because if I'm living by myself, and I'm walking with Jesus. I'm going to share stories that Jesus has done in my life, right? How he has changed my life. But when I live in community, now I can share what's happening in Alan's life. I can share what's happening in Cindy's life and Jacob's life. Now I have so many stories of how God is actively working today in my life, in my lifetime, in my community. Because I'm, I'm in community, I'm hearing what God is doing, what I have seen and what I have heard right now that I have that, I have more things to talk about. I can see how God is actively moving and working my life. And not only that, now I'm encouraged, right? Because I'm seeing how God is moving and working in your life. And then I'm telling you how he's moving and working in my life and how he's changing me and how he's growing me. And I'm hearing how he's growing you and we're holding each other accountable, right? And I'm going, oh, yeah, you're right. That probably wasn't the best thing. Or maybe this is the right thing. And we're growing together. You know why? Because we're in this together. And the early church, they believe that principle that we're in this together and we're walking through this and God uses community to grow us, to strengthen us and to help us experience the life that God has called us to. I love this quote by Henry Nowen. It says, Christian community is the place where we keep the flame of hope alive among us and take it seriously so that it can grow and become stronger in us, right? We're reminded of the hope in Christ because there are days when it is not easy, right? There are days when life is difficult, right? And it is tough. And I'm like, I don't even know if I can keep going. But then I get with my Christian community and they're saying, hey, we're in this together. How can I help? How can I pray for you? How can I give you strength? How can I take something off your plate, right? And we begin to experience that. And I'm even thinking about all my students in the room, right? And thinking about high school. And because the circles that we roll with are important, right? The, the people who we hang out with are important because they're the ones who are helping guide and direct our lives. And when we have our godly community walking with us, when the, everybody else is straying away, it's a lot easier to roll with the pack that I'm in, right? It's a lot easier to be bold for Christ. It's a lot easier to stand for what God's plan is for my life over me being isolated, right? Because we're in this 
together, but it happens in and through community. And when we're in community, I want to give you give us a couple things that happen when we live in community uh, from the scriptures that we read about today. It helps us to grow in our knowledge of God, right? It says that they were growing in their knowledge of who God is, and we were experiencing that. And then it says it gives us encouragement to walk in obedience, right? It, as we walk in community, it gives me encouragement to now I can live out the commands that I see in the Bible. And then the last one, it says, it helps us to live inspired, to share about our relationship with Jesus. And we see this picture that begins to happen inside of our lives. And then, this is what, this is, I want to read you this real quick. Uh, there's a letter here, and then we're going to uh, continue on. I'm going to close out Acts chapter 4. But I wanted to read this to you because this sits on my wife's, me and my wife's refrigerator. And this was a letter that was written to a small group that we were a part of. And this was a couple who started attending a small group and God just done a radical work in them. And so they wrote this letter. But I want to read it to you because in community we encourage each other, right? So this is what they write. Words cannot express how thankful. I'm not going to say their name. Let's make up some names. Uh... Bob and Terry. You got like that? It's good? Okay. Words cannot express how thankful Bob and Terry are, are to have you guys in our lives. I remember the day I nudged Bob to sign up for the sign up. Sorry. That I nudged Bob to sign up. I remember the day that I nudged Bob to the, oh, to the sign up table for small groups and totally believe that if we just hung around, she put churchy people, that we would have it all figured out. You guys taught me that you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to love God, and he will put the right people in your path to guide you when you may not know the way. I feel so silly now. I remember feeling so scared to tell you I wasn't saved and how I thought you would kick us out of the group. That couldn't have been further from the truth. Thank you for answering all my questions, big or small. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sharing your passion and obedience to God. Thank you for the compassion to lead and having the words when we don't. Thank you for leading us to Jesus and our eternal salvation. Thank you for baptizing us. Thank you for being you. We love you all so much. and We'll always be here for you too. What a beautiful picture of community, right? Of just hearing of going, let me just get around churchy people. Maybe it will rub off on me, right? And I love the piece, too, is I was so scared. I feel like that is a real thing, though. People are going to think I'm weird. People are going to think that, I, that I, I can't believe that, that you thought that, that you did that right. Like all of these things. And then you get into a small group and you go on. They're all weird, too. Right. Like they're, they, they all fall short, too. They're trying to figure this out with Jesus, too. Right. And that's what community is, is that we see that that Christ's power works in and through our weaknesses. And when we live in community, God does something supernatural in us. He begins to encourage us and to grow us. And then we see one of the natural things that happen when we live for Christ and especially live for Christ in community. The boldness inside of us and inside of our group begins to intensify and it begins to grow. And here's something in Acts chapter 4. Maybe, I don't know if you've seen this before, but it starts here in Acts chapter 23. And we're going to read down through verse 31. 
But it says this, as soon as they were freed, so Peter and John were freed from prison, right? Freed from uh, being held back. As soon as they were freed, past, uh, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priest and the elders had said. I love this. It says, as soon as they were freed, their first stop on the list was what? Their small group, their, their group of believers. I just had this terrible thing happen to me in my life. And their first thought, their holy habit was, you know what? I got to go meet with my group. I got to go to the people in my church. Like, I, I've got to go back to them. They will walk through this thing with me. They'll help me figure this thing out. And then this is even more incredible. It says, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. I love this. They didn't pull Peter and John aside and go, you know what? We all should probably just be a little quieter. You know, like, like I, you, you kind of put yourself in this situation, right? Like they didn't go into this great philosophy and try to go to this huge teaching on, well, here's the four points of evangelism and here's how you messed it up, right? Like all these things, right? No, it said, you know what? Let's get together and let's pray about this. Let's go to the Father. And I want you to know you're not in it alone. So let's pray together. You just went through this and I can only imagine how scary it can be. So let's pray together. And then they start on in their prayer. It says, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And they go into this beautiful sonnet of prayer of who God is. And the people who they have before him. And then they close with this. Verse 29. It says. And now O Lord. Hear their threats. And give us your servants great boldness. In preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done. Through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this prayer. The meeting place shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They went into their small group and they said, we're going through this trial. But God, we're not asking that you even deliver us from this trial. In fact, God, because we're in this and because it is going to be more difficult. God, will you give us boldness? Will you give us more strength so that we can live out the gospel that you have called us to? And I'm telling you, if you and I lean into the purposes of God, that even in our trials, God will begin to use us for his glory. Even in the hardest moments and the darkest days, God will take it and use it as a testimony for his glory. And I love the mindset of the early church. Their holy habit was God, not necessarily, and I'm not saying this is bad to pray for this. They, they didn't immediately go, God, pull me from this fire. They said, God, give me boldness in this fire. Give me boldness as the world intensifies and grows further from you. God, give me boldness as the church. God, help me to live out my calling, my God-gifted calling, and allow the Holy Spirit to give me strength when I don't feel like I can continue to move on. And so the last holy habit for you and I is exactly what the early church prayed for, the holy habit of praying specifically for boldness, right? Specifically for boldness. I love that, how they leaned into it and they said, can you, can you help us in this, God? And God did what? 
He is faithful. He answered their prayer. It says they gathered and then they went and they preached the word with boldness. The Holy Spirit in them empowered them and gave them boldness to do that. Imagine every student in this room who said, you know what? God, will you give me boldness to love what you're calling? Imagine if every mom today said, God, you know what? Can you give me boldness with my family to teach my kids? Imagine every father that's hearing this message. Can you give me boldness to teach my kids about the gospel? Imagine every bridge kids leader in the back. God, can you give me boldness to preach the gospel? Imagine every grandparent in the room. God, give me boldness to help me to reach multiple generations down for your glory, God. And I believe that God can do some incredible. I believe he still answers prayers in 2022. As we lean into it today as the church, that's my heart cry for you and I to say, God, give us boldness for your gospel. Help us to live in the daily rhythm of community. So the natural overflow is that I know God more and I'm able to walk in obedience with him more. And because of those two things, the more I know God and the more I walk in obedience to him, watch our love for him continue to grow as well. It's like this cycle of growth. Know God, obey God, love God. Know God, and it just continues. And God begins to help us to grow into his image over and over and over again. And so that's our prayer today. That's where I want to close. I, want to, I kind of want to do something a little different today too. Is that okay? Everybody good with that? Yep. So I'm going to move this over here. And Jacob is playing so beautifully. But I want to pray for us as a church. And so uh, first what I want to do is just, just pray over our church. If you're listening online or if you're in the room. For that specific name. That holy habit. God give us. Give every person in this room boldness. Right? For the gospel. Maybe you're sitting here too and you're thinking, well, it's hard for me to be bold because I don't know if I have a relationship with Jesus. And I'd love to walk you through that today. I'd love to pray with you of what that is. Today we're celebrating baptism. Uh, we have a young man who's going to walk through baptism and make that public declaration. And so we're celebrating that. And so I'd love to pray with you right after service to be bold to talk through that. But I want to pray for that. And then I want to ask you guys, because what? We're in this together, right? I want to ask you guys to pray over me and to pray over our small group leaders as we're getting ready to kick off these fall small groups. Because we're in this together, right? And so I want to pray over you. And then I'd ask, we're going to have some of our leaders come up. And Miss Cindy's going to lead us in a prayer here at the end. And um, just ask as you guys symbolically pray over us that we will continue to proclaim the, the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness. And so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that we get to open up your word, God. And we know that all the authority and power is in you, Jesus. And you have called us to therefore go and make disciples of all nations. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will give us boldness. That we will humbly come before you in prayer on Sundays, God, in our small groups, and that be the holy habit of our lives, God, that we actively pursue Jesus each and every day, and community helps us to foster that, God. And God, I just pray that you bind the enemy in our lives. I pray that you help us to hold the shield of faith up, 
so that it will block those fiery arrows that we're stepping out and speaking in faith, God, of the truth and the principle that, that you have given us. And may we proclaim, just like the early church in Acts chapter 4, verse 20, we cannot stop talking about everything that we have seen and heard, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit just recalls those things in us so that we can remember, we can experience those, God. We love you. It's this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. So the couple of the leaders I asked before service or if you want to come up as well, you can come. They're going to come up front. And if you're in the crowd, if you want to symbolically kind of hold your hand up and just pray over these guys as we start this fall season. And um, and then Miss Cindy's going to pray as well. I say Miss Cindy. This is also my mama. So it's weird for me to say Miss Cindy, but Grammy. 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 Okay. But we're going to pray together. We ask that you would guys would continue to pray for us as well pray for our leaders and what God is doing so let's pray together Lord we humbly come into your presence this morning thank you for who you are thank you for this church family and thank you for the leadership that you have brought together at this place and time thank you for their obedience to your calling on their lives I pray you give them a servant's heart and a love for each other mm -hmm. and for those they serve. May they always stand together encouraging one another and sharing your wisdom. I pray you give them strength so that they don't grow weary in doing your work. I pray you give them vision and direction for their group and that they will remain spiritually alert, strengthened to stand firm against the devil. I pray you give them the courage of Peter and John, the steadfastness of Nehemiah, and the boldness of Daniel. May they seek your presence and hide your word in their heart daily. I pray that through each one, your hands will be outstretched to minister to all they come in contact with. And Lord, I pray you give them great boldness in preaching and teaching your truth and your gospel. Thank you for all our many blessings. We love you and thank you for loving us. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.